Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. It's Dane. I'm here with Wags, and today we're continuing our positional breakdown from the 2020 season. So, Wags, let's get into it. We're talking about the tight end group. And it was a surprisingly productive group, I would say, this season, wasn't it, Dane? Especially considering coming into the season, we really felt uneasy about this group uh, with the lack of experience and felt that Jace Sternberger would have to be the guy to step up and, and really carry the load. And perhaps uh, rookie Josiah DeGuara would uh, have a big role. And because of injury to Josiah and, and, and maybe partly due to underperformance, but also due to some of these other guys really getting involved and stepping up, um, Jay Sternberger wasn't a big part of this offense uh, or this position group. Uh, so it was really all about big Bobby Tunyon and what a breakout year did he have? Yeah, Robert Tunyon was phenomenal. Uh, he, he was absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. He, you know, had a double digit touchdown receptions. Um, he had a three touchdown game on national TV uh, that I think put a lot of the league on notice. But I mean, throughout the year, he just, his blocking has improved. His, um, he's got soft hands. He's somebody that Aaron Rodgers absolutely, uh, leans on and trusts. I think in big moment situations, he can help move the chains. So, uh, you know, all seemingly out of almost nowhere, uh, he'd had a lot of injury history coming into this year. And this year he comes in and just uh, puts on an absolute show. So a huge year from Robert Tunyon. Now a restricted free agent, but Wags, uh, I mean, there's potential that he could come in, get a long-term deal. Uh, the team's probably going to protect to make sure that they're able to keep him coming into the next year. But Robert Tunyon was an absolute revelation and somebody that I think that the Packers landed uh, somebody here and, and their patience paid off in Robert Tunyon. And I have to be honest with you, I'm going to be the first to admit, you can go back and listen to us, I, there's no no reason to hide it, I was not sure if Tanyan would make the roster uh, this year, but certainly everything he did in camp, once camp started, it was pretty clear that he was going to have a big role because he came in ready to take his game to another level. So uh, it was just a breath of fresh air to see someone develop like that unexpectedly. And all the credit in the world goes to Tunyon because he certainly uh, rewarded the Packers for their patience and, and seeing his development just pay off the way that it did. Fantastic season. And, and I think more importantly, he wasn't necessarily getting targeted a ton every week, but he was multidimensional as a receiver in that he was a threat both in the red zone and otherwise I thought he came up with a lot of really big clutch catches on third down. Uh, he wasn't dropping the ball. Uh, he was definitely making the plays when he had the opportunities to do so. So uh, here's a guy that I don't know if you look at uh, as someone that's going to continue to have that level of a season year after year. He, he certainly, I think, there's no reason to think he can't replicate at least a couple more seasons of what he just did as long as Aaron Rodgers is under center. And if he continues to get better, uh, we're talking about potentially a top five tight end in the league. I, I don't know if I can say that now, but based on the season he just had, 
if he continues to perform at that level, that's not hyperbole, and that's that's certainly a welcome development for this team. Yeah, I mean, you look at his stats, Wags, and total in his entire career, he has 763 yards receiving. 586 of those came this past season. <laughs> total in his career, 13 touchdowns. 11 of those touchdowns came last season. Um, I think that the tight end position is known to be one of the hardest to develop. It's one of the slowest to develop. A Tunyon is a lot of fanfare came that he and that and um, Kittle work out a bunch. The tight end from San Francisco, and um, you know maybe he's glomming some off of that. But also I think it just takes time. Uh, Tunyon wasn't a guy who came in with a ton of fanfare when he originally came to Green Bay, but. Young man's putting it together. And another piece of this, Wags, his blocking is improving too. So, I mean, he's becoming an all-around asset for the Packers. So how exciting. This is an offense that's predicated oftentimes on production from the tight end role. They like to play the 12 set, which is the two tight end groupings. And to have somebody like Robert Tunyon, to have him as a weapon, um, we talked at the wide receiver uh, review that Devontae Adams was an absolute monster, but after that, there wasn't a lot of consistency. Uh, we had some monster games from from folks like MVS and Lazard, uh, but we didn't have the consistent output from the number two. Uh, some games here, Robert Tunyon was a reason that it wasn't a glaring um, drop-off uh, from, from receivers, and a huge reason that Aaron Rodgers had an MVP season is that guy like Robert Tunyon was able to catch the ball, score touchdowns, and help move the chains. And I mentioned earlier how reliable he was in his opportunities. I didn't even realize this. I was just pulling it up. Talk about preparation here, Dane. But Tunyon led the league uh, for tight ends in catch percentage. He was at 88% wow. uh, in catch percentage. for, And that's tops in the league for all tight ends. So that's just, you know, remarkable stuff. And he was actually very productive in uh, his yards per target. Um, at 9.9 yards per target, uh, that put him 15th in the league. And that includes wide receivers, by the way, wide receivers and running backs uh, for both of those metrics. So um, I might be understating things. I mean, even after just one breakout year, um, Robert Tunyon, I think, can claim to be uh, right there in the mix of, of top-level uh, tight ends in this league. Now, it's going to be incumbent on him from a career standpoint to stack that success and come back and, and do it again next year and the year after uh, if he wants to get paid like uh, a top tight end in the league. But certainly he's going to get a nice raise this offseason, and I think he absolutely deserves it. So um, we could go on about Robert Tunyon, but let's talk about some of these other guys. Let's start with Mercedes Lewis. Uh, certainly isn't necessarily the uh, player in this group that you're going to be paying a lot of attention to because uh, when it comes to tight ends, you don't always pay attention to blocking. You mentioned how well Tunyon performed in that category this year, but that's been the role that Mercedes Lewis has given the Packers since he's been on the team. And I don't think this year was any exception. No, I mean, He's a leader off the field. He's somebody that this team looks to, the players respect. He's been in the league forever. Um, but, but also on the field, he's basically like a sixth offensive lineman 
uh, a lot of games, and I mean that as a huge compliment. He breaks open run run lanes for for our running backs. Uh, you know, he he can come in and be that extra layer of protection when Aaron Rodgers drops back at times. But he's also a threat to catch the ball, and you know, he, you're not going to expect Mercedes Lewis to have monster hundred yard games, Wags, but that's not his role. And he's been incredibly, incredibly reliable when Rodgers has looked his way. For a guy his size, his athleticism, even at his increased age, is pretty impressive. Um, he's not going to probably beat anybody in a, in a foot race these days, but he's going to catch the ball, and he's going to fall forward, and he's going to get you some extra yards. He was a great security blanket for Aaron and um, really an integral part of this offense and somebody that all of a sudden, I mean, he's going one year-to-year deals. He's, he's not going to break the bank, and I know the Packers are up to, against the cap, but Wags, I wouldn't be shocked to see Mercedes Lewis come back again for the 2021 season as he's trying to chase that one last um, opportunity potentially at a ring. I certainly wouldn't mind it. I think it becomes a question of where can you expend these roster spots, and is it something that the Packers want to do at the cost of potentially developing that next guy that's ready to come in. Mercedes Lewis is someone everybody loves to have around, but he's 36 years old. And with the development of Tunyon, and quite honestly, when we've got DeGuara behind him and a couple of these other guys that we're going to mention um, that we haven't gotten to yet, mm-hmm. uh, even a Dominique Daphne, um, you know, I think the Packers, it looks like, Early here in the process, we'll talk more draft, but they've, they've interviewed a couple of tight ends that project to definitely be drafted uh, in the early to mid rounds. So it appears that they're going to keep investing in this tight end group. So the only question I would have as far as the future of Mercedes Lewis is on this roster is, is he a luxury they don't really need at this point in terms of what he gives this team? He's given us a couple of really nice seasons for what his role is, um, kind of a coach on the field and really just a mentor for this group. Uh, but um, it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to um, invest in bringing Mercedes back for another year or if they're going to look at this uh, group as a whole and say, you know what, we've got some really young talent, and now we know we've got some proven talent. Uh we don't really need Mercedes Lewis at this point. We can get cheaper and we can continue to develop one of these other younger guys and bring them along and have them on the roster. So I think that's going to be the biggest question, kind of similar to how we talked about last year in the cornerback room with Tremont Williams. Would have we loved to have Tremont back for this whole season? Absolutely. But when you look at the guys that they have there and the amount of experience that they had established after last season, it made sense that the Packers decided to go with the younger guys. Uh, so I would not be shocked to see if they do a similar thing with this tight end group. Wags, you mentioned some of the other guys. I mean, this has ended up being one of my favorite position groups on the Packers. There's a lot of depth here, uh, some in- injury issues we ran into here. You mentioned Josiah DeGuara, kind of that tight end slash H-back. I mean, he was a third-round pick. He's going to be coming off of an ACL injury, uh, but in the limited time that we saw him, I loved uh, his blocking ability. Uh, he looked like a real player. 
And, uh, I mean, it, it's going to be hard to, to comment too much on him. I think that, you know, we're going to see him, see what kind of progression he's made. But were you as impressed as I was in the, the small amount of sample size we saw and what he could provide for this Packers offense? Yes, and certainly it was clear that the, uh, the coaching staff was impressed, too, by the number of snaps that he was getting out there early in the season. Tight end is probably one of those positions that is the slowest to develop, uh, usually, uh, across the league, because they have to do so much both blocking and catching their ball. Uh, they uh, have multi-dimensional assignments. Um, and they spend a lot of time with the offensive line and the receivers and the running backs. So you, they really have to know basically everything that's going on out there on the football field and, and be making reads both as a blocker and as a receiver. It's a very complex position to learn and develop. So the fact that Josiah was out there as much as he was early in the season says a lot about what this coaching staff thinks he's capable of. And I would expect that coming off an injury or not, that his role might continue to expand going into next season. The good news with the injury is it did happen pretty early in the season. So I would expect that he's going to be close to a full year, um, not quite a full year when camp breaks, but uh, based on the nature of ACL injuries these days, I would expect him to make a full uh, recovery before camp even starts and be ready to go. They might, you know, give him some uh, extra rest just to be on the safe side. But um, as long as he's able to stay healthy in other areas, uh, I think Josiah is going to have a big role in this offense next year. Uh, he won't be the only tight end, but it's pretty clear to me that Coach LaFleur uh, really likes to use multiple tight ends out on the field at the same time. And with the versatility that Josiah can give, uh, he is someone that I would expect to continue to develop and continue to have uh, potentially a, a expanded role and, and maybe even an impact role uh, in year two. Legs, one of my favorite guys on the roster, Dominique Daphne. Um, I uh, rookie came on, earned a roster spot. He was on the practice squad. Ended up getting called up early December and made his impact felt against the Chicago Bears. Uh, in, uh, near the end of the season, had a nice touchdown catch. But even prior to that, when he's on the field, he shows up on special teams, but also offensively. I mean, we're talking about a team that goes to the NFC Championship game, and somehow Dominique Daphne, um, not only gets called up in the practice squad, but then starts playing very, very meaningful snaps on the offense. Uh, very good run blocker, very good pass blocker. He's a rookie out of Indiana State. Um, same college Robert Tunyon went to, by the way, folks. And uh, just a guy that I really, really liked. And, and watching him grow didn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, somebody who was just really solid out there. And, I'm, you know, we talk about the depth. We talk about, uh, you know, the, the potential of somebody like Mercedes Lewis being a luxury. And uh, I looked at somebody like Dominique Daphne as a reason why um, this tight end position is in good hands. I just really like what he does. He does, does a little bit of everything well. He was, boy, what a, what a pleasant surprise late in the season. Uh, he was uh, all over the field. I mean, he made his presence felt not only – as a receiver, but as you said, he got quite a few snaps and uh, he was out there in special teams as well. 
So, you know, for only getting action in a couple of games, um, I, I mean, he started um, uh, two games and, and was uh, active for five games late in the season. Um, <laughs> got a big touchdown. I, I mean, I, I'm really, really um, proud of what he was able to do. And, and certainly I talked about Josiah DeGuara coming in and earning the trust for the coaching staff. Uh, early on in his rookie season for a guy to come in at the end of his rookie season and make an impact the way that he did and uh, really get called out for all the things that he was doing well uh, from multiple coaches, including coach LaFleur tells you a lot about what they think of this guy too. I mean, he's not someone that, uh, you know, was going to get a lot of attention. I don't think in the off season, but uh, from other teams, but the Packers are going to protect him and bring him back for sure. Uh, he's going to be in the mix uh, to make this roster coming out of camp next season. And I fully expect that if he's able to build on what he did in the end of last season, he, as you mentioned, could be one of those guys that's pushing Mercedes Lewis into a luxury. They don't need or can't afford range uh, because uh, you're looking at someone that could continue to develop and get better and better uh, that you could uh, hold on to for three, four, five seasons, uh, whereas Mercedes Lewis is, is obviously at the tail end of his career. Yeah, and, you know, another guy that's on the roster that is really going to have to fight for, for a position and is going to be competing with somebody like Daphne uh, is Jay Sternberger, uh, third-round pick a couple seasons ago, dealt with some injuries, uh, dealt with COVID, and then um, was a healthy scratch late in the year because Dominique, frankly, you know, passed him by uh, on the roster. And the, the coaching staff seemingly, uh, you know, trusted Dominique Daphne, particularly, I think, on special teams, but also offensively with the things that he brought. So, um, you know, through two seasons, the, the jury's still out on Jay Sternberger. I, I still think that there's something there. I still like Jay Sternberger. Um, but, you know, Weggs, what can we expect uh, from him? Because I think that uh, this is really going to be a make-or-break offseason for him, and uh, he's really going to be on the bubble going into the 2021 season. And he's someone that, unfortunately, as I mentioned with Tunyon before, uh, Tunyon, on the opposite end of the spectrum, really sees all of the opportunities he had as a receiver. And Chase, as you said, had some injuries, so he wasn't, getting as many opportunities. I think he got passed by in camp, obviously by Tunyon, but also in terms of his snaps, uh, Josiah Jaguara had passed him in camp, and Mercedes Lewis had the role that he had. So uh, Jay certainly wasn't going to supplant him from that role. So he was basically the fourth tight end uh, coming out of camp, which was a surprise because we all thought he was the one that was going to need to step up and potentially not – we weren't handing him the starting role by any means uh, last off season, but it seemed like he was the one coming into his sec- second year, uh, third round pick, as you said, uh, that was going to need to step up and have an expanded role. And he just didn't take advantage of that. And I know injuries, there is an element of luck with that, but uh, that's been kind of the story of his career so far in Green Bay. And uh, we've seen that tale written with other guys uh, that the Packers have drafted over the years that they just can't stay healthy and therefore they're not ever able to become a reliable presence on the team. And, and unfortunately, health is part of it, especially early in your career. Uh, if you're not able to stay healthy the first couple of seasons in the league, that starts to become 
a little bit of a red flag to me. Uh, so even with Mercedes Lewis potentially being year to year, I said before, the Packers clearly are talking to some of the top tight ends in this draft. I would not be shocked if Jace is fighting for a spot on the roster. Now, I fully expect that he will be in camp, and hopefully for his sake, he's fully healthy and is able to make a jump. Uh, what Tanyan did last year, how about, what would that be like, Dane, if we were able to get uh, a yeah. big jump from Jay Sternberger? Because I think he does have the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of whether he's able to put it together. He, he definitely seems to be over-processing at times out on the field as well. He had a couple costly drops on, quite honestly, uh, passes that anyone should be making, um, just wide open out in the flat. And, and, and you just can't, unfortunately, do that if you're going to be looking for an expanded role or additional opportunities. That's not a way to endeavor trust with uh, the quarterback or with the coaching staff. Uh, and uh, so that that is unfortunately uh, kind of stands out in your mind when you think about the opportunities that Jay's had this year uh, is uh, a couple of those drops really just stand out as well. Yeah. And, and finally here, looking at um, listed as a tight end, played a lot of the H-back role as well. A little bit of fullback there is John Lovett uh, from Princeton um, to or injured his knee. And, uh, you know, just, just as he was starting to get some real snaps, too, he was actually run, ran the ball a couple times in the final game he played for the Packers and then uh, injured his knee in practice, if I'm not mistaken, coming back from an ACL injury. But I expect him to come into camp as well, fighting for a position. Again, listen at the tight end, but legs, I see him a little bit as an H-back fullback as well. Certainly, and um, with the position that – Love it plays. It's always going to be uh, whether he can contribute in multiple areas on the roster. But I, I agree. I, I would mm-hmm. expect that he might be given an opportunity in camp. I'm not sure I'm going to guarantee that. Um, I, I liked what we saw out of him this year, uh, but it wouldn't be shocking to me uh, if the Packers bring in someone else, either through the draft or undrafted free agency, um, or just you know, kind of uh, on the. Uh, waiver wire. They could pick up a guy like that. No disrespect to John, but it's uh, it's one of those things where they're going to be looking all over the place to see if they can have someone that's multidimensional to be able to fill that role on the roster. So uh, his his spot, unfortunately, just by the nature of the position he plays, is is uh, it's always going to be in question, which I know is tough, but that's just kind of the nature of the business here. So. Um, uh, it will be interesting to see if he gets an opportunity in camp. And certainly he, he's someone that, before he got hurt, uh, seemed to be building uh, a little bit more of a role for himself uh, with the, the snaps that he was getting on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, he was. Um, so, you know, so, somebody to keep an eye on. And, and you're right. I think there's going to be a lot of competition there. The question becomes, is he healthy? And is he going to be able to come in and, and have a real shot there in August? Now, again, kind of like DeGuara, the injury happened long enough ago that I think he's probably going to have a shot there, but something to keep an eye on. And I, I look at somebody like a Bronson Kafuzi, who um, – you know, is um, we signed him to a futures deal. I know this is a review, uh, but we also have uh, Bronson on the on the roster now. He's a bigger guy. He's 270. He's more in the Mercedes Lewis um, mold. But um, the point, I guess, being the Packers are going to be bringing in a lot of competition here. I think for the the fullback slash H back role. 
Um, so, you know, we've got Deguara, we've got Lovett kind of in those each-back, more each-back roles. I think Daphne to a certain degree, uh, although he seemed to line up more in the tight end position. But I think this is going to be a position that really does matter for this Packers offense, and it's something that I think Wags, looking into the future, will just keep an eye on um, how how this progresses. But I'm holding out hope for John because I really liked what he brought uh, when he was given an opportunity in 2020. Certainly. And, you know, he's not going to be expensive to bring back. So I agree that uh, he probably has the inside track, but uh, it's not going to be something that uh, is going to be guaranteed uh, for for someone like him. So we will see. The interesting thing, I think, with this group, Dane, is kind of where we're sitting now. Antonian is a restricted free agent. Packers are definitely going to tender him and, and bring him back. Um, he's not, they're not going to have to break the bank for him as a restricted guy, uh, but he'll get a he'll get a nice raise. It's pretty clear that this is a position group that they can get continued improvement from in-house. I, I would be shocked if the Packers go out in free agency and look at anyone. Uh, they really don't – I don't think they need to bring in a veteran guy. If they're going to bring – if they need a veteran guy, they've got Mercedes Lewis on standby, and they can bring him back and fill that role, as you mentioned earlier, the year-to-year status. Uh, but uh, the luxury with this group now is uh, they can continue to just draft and develop. Uh, so I uh, certainly would expect the Packers to snag a tight end at some point in the, the mid-rounds or even the later rounds, probably also bring in an undrafted guy or two. They're going to have some additional bodies in the mix, as you said. Competition is going to be fierce with this group uh, with very few spots to earn and I think uh, that's the exciting thing is we've got a young and talented group and we can uh, improve it uh, without having to uh, you know spend a lot to be able to do so agreed agreed I have a lot of trust in this group that we have right now I think it's one of the deeper positional um, groups that we have on this roster is tight end which wags if we would have gone back a year ago and said that I would have laughed right but all of a sudden here we are we found some gems we found found some guys that would happen to be on the waiver wire and um, I, I like where we're at and uh, and this was a this was a productive group in 2020. So I'm expecting more of the same in 2021. So Dane, do you have any other thoughts on this tight end group, or otherwise? I think that's probably about no, wraps it up for this one. I'm 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 happy with where we're at here, Wags, and I, I think just encouraging folks. We've got a new YouTube channel. Uh, that, that folks can go to to go back and watch all of our old interviews, or many of our old interviews, I should say, um, that we've put up on Zoom. So, you know, go back and you can see us actually talking with the players on our Lombardi's Legends uh, YouTube. Obviously find us on iTunes and on um, on Spotify as well as Google, um, but but our YouTube channel is a great way to actually go on back and look at these guys. Uh, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. Yep, and we've got some of the past positional previews uh, are available uh, through the pod. Uh, but also, if you missed the wide receiver review, that is on our Instagram live. So check that out as well. Um, We're all across multiple channels now. So fun stuff. And uh, we do have another interview with a couple of former Packers uh, that will be most likely dropping later this week. So stay tuned for that as well. So folks, thanks so much for following along. And as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.